Hey, Tourpreneurs, it's Mitch Bach. And just a quick note before we begin today's episode, Tourpreneur is currently sponsored by Google. We're thankful for their support of our community, and we are offering with them a completely free course helping you unlock the power and potential of Google's Things to Do program, which is specifically helping tour operators add their tours to Google in new ways that gives you new exposure and more direct bookings. To learn more, go to tourpreneur.com slash Google. And as always, show notes, more resources, links to our newsletter, our business coaching community, and so much more are available on tourpreneur.com. Now to the episode. Today's episode is brought to you by Checkfront, the booking platform trusted by over 5,000 tour and activity operators around the world. You can start your own free 21-day trial over at Checkfront.com. Welcome to the Tourpreneur Podcast. Travel industry veteran Shane Whaley will take you on a journey with fellow tourpreneurs, sharing their tips, ideas, insights, and success stories to inspire you to make your tour business the best it can be. And now, here is your host, Shane Whaley. Hello and welcome to episode 141 of Tourpreneur. This is the podcast where we flatten the learning curve for tour operators and travel professionals around the world. Today, we bring you something unique to Tourpreneur. I've just hosted a session on Clubhouse called Clubhouse Tips for Tour Operators and Tour Guides. I invited on uh, three speakers who have been uh, using Clubhouse a fair bit. That's Nikki Padilla-Rivera, Mitch Bach, and Christian Clubhouse Watts to get their impressions of Clubhouse so far. We talk about do's, we talk about don'ts, we talk about etiquette, we talk about the effective ways that Clubhouse can be used for business. And one of the reasons I wanted to host this was I know there are many of us out there that are skeptical when it comes to Clubhouse. Maybe we're unsure about what it actually is, what it can do. It's another shiny object. There are also legions of you that have an Android phone and you've been unable to kind of hear and observe what's going on. So you're going to hear that in this episode today on Tourpreneur. I would ask you, if you are setting up rooms that are relevant for Tourpreneurs, do let us know. Or if you find one, let us know because I am keeping a list of those, a directory, if you will, a calendar that's at clubhousefortouroperators.com. Or if you just go to tourpreneur.com, you can hit that link underneath the menu and you can see a list of upcoming rooms. It's really hard to curate the rooms. We talk about this actually on the on the session. So you'd be doing me a major favor and your fellow tourpreneurs by sending me any rooms that you think would be of interest to the community. So without further ado, may I introduce you to Clubhouse? Kristen, I know you've been very good at your Clubhouse sessions of running through tips and tricks for everybody, but it's almost like I wish you had a recording of that so you could put it out for each one when you are starting your sessions. I've got tip number one for you, Shane. So if you're the single moderator and your phone connection goes out, the room will shut down. Wow. So if you make one or all of us moderators, then if you drop out, we can attempt to cover for you. So how do I do that? So you click on us, click on one one or all of us, and it's going to have an option, make this person a moderator. Fantastic. There we are. First tip, because I'm hoping that members of our community will 
launch their own rooms as well. I mean, this isn't just for movers and shakers like Christian and, and Mitch. <laughs> I honestly think that last tip by Christian was just a power play to steal the room from you, Shane. He's about to boot you off. Yeah, probably. Probably. Good. All right. So tips for tour operators clubhouse. I want to introduce Christian Clubhouse Watts. I'm sure you've met him on numerous sessions already. Uh, Mr. Magpie, Mr. San Francisco, hop on, hop off. Thanks for joining today, Christian. Your tips here are going to be invaluable because I think within three weeks, I have a guess. How many sessions have you attended in three weeks, Chris? It's hard because I, I have stuff on the background. I mean, interestingly, I get involved with all these British sessions. They have all these breakfast with winners and breakfast with champions and all that stuff in the UK, which is eight hours ahead of me. So that becomes my late night entertainment. And a lot of it is just me listening to British people banter in the background, which I enjoy. But then, you know what? You get involved and you put your hand up and you're on stage and you end up chatting. Yeah, I've probably been in 50 rooms. I've probably, yeah, I've probably been in 50 rooms. I've probably been involved in 20. Right, because every time I log on to Clubhouse night or day, you're on. I'll, I'll see you in a room. I'm like, oh gosh. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I'm not going to deny it. I'm, I'm in a lot of rooms, but often it's in the background. Sometimes the sounds turned down. I've wandered away and I'm doing something else. Yeah, and I'm sometimes I, I go and check it out for five minutes and see what's going on and, and sort of go in and out. Brilliant, Nikki. How are you? I'm good. Excited to see you here today. So Nick, yeah. you you write some epic pieces. I know I share your blog on our Tourpreneur Daily Brief. and You do so generously. No, no. Thank you for writing them. Um, they get a ton of clicks from there in our group. So I'm, I'm really pleased you're here with us today on this session. And I'm really intrigued to hear, maybe you can share with us in the room. And for those of you in the room who maybe not been here before, you can raise your hand and we'll call you to the stage so you can ask a question. I don't know if that'll happen today because I'm recording. So maybe we'll all be a bit scared. I don't know. But uh, Nikki, what, what are your impressions of Clubhouse so far? So do you want to like ease into this? No, no. <laughs> Just go Warts and all. Go for it. <laughs> I don't love it. Mm -hmm. um, to be honest, I, it'll be funny if I end up being the curmudgeon uh, opinion on this. I really don't love it. This to me at the end of the day is just one more social media platform. And for me personally, that just means one more platform where there are the same few people taking up so much space. And I just, I, I'm out of extra energy for that. I do see the opportunity theoretically to reach more guides specifically. You know, currently it's hard for them to access many of the industry spaces that us, you know, tour operators and everyone else have access to. But that being said, it's still pretty exclusive at this point, considering you need an iPhone and an invite. And a lot of the travel industry programming that I've seen so far is still very European, US, Canada focused, both timeline wise and content wise. So I don't know. I'm on the fence. I'm here, obviously. I'm in it. I'm I'm popping into rooms, but I found um, I spent a long week. You can ask my spouse angrily popping in and out of rooms. <laughs> and so I'm, I'm trying to take a little bit of space and, and maybe I'll give it some more chances later on. Well, I have to share with you that the session you and Mitch led on Friday, which was aimed at tour guides. Uh, and I first of all, I was pleased to see that you hosted that because most of the groups I've seen or sessions I've seen are more at the tech level, enterprise level. And I listened to that conversation on Friday. And what was really good for me was, you know, because I'm not traveling and I haven't traveled now for a year, I'm not really interacting with tour guides. 
And when I go out and take a tour, you always get chatting to the tour guide and that will go on to the business and the art of tour guiding. And I really miss that connection. So on Friday, I found it really refreshing to actually sit back and listen to lots of different tour guides sharing uh, their opinions and insights with us. I think you did a really good job of that. Thank you. It, it was really nice to be in that room. And, and, you know, maybe this is where the good comes in Clubhouse, that you can kind of create the space that you envision. And Mitch and I had been talking about that for so long, and it was great for Christian to jump on board. And I mean, you know, listening to that room last week, the greatest example is there was a guide who kind of, you know, said her piece as we called her up to the stage. And her question was, how are other guides doing during the pandemic? Which again, for the tour operators in this room probably seems like old news. You know, I feel like we were having those questions and conversations really early on in the pandemic, but it just shows you that that wasn't happening for guides. They didn't have these forums that the rest of us have access to. They weren't having those discussions. Guides are in such a vacuum. So I really, really do hope that the more guides we can get on the platform, that maybe this can be an easily accessible space for them long-term. How much of a novelty do you think there is right now? And, and I say that in terms of, I listened to the session the day before, Stephen Otto was talking, Johannes, Rod Cuthbert, and I enjoyed it. But then I looked at my watch, I was like, wow, that was a two-hour session. And how often are people going to give up a two-hour session to talk to 130 people? Um, because I can work on a podcast the same amount of time and it'll go out to thousands that can listen to that. So do you think this novelty factor will wear off at some point or is this here to stay, Nikki? Oh, that's a good question. I think it will just in terms of what it takes to run it. For Mitch and I, this was something that we just wanted to create this space and, and Christian jumped in. And, and it's great that we three have the autonomy to create that. But that being said, like for us to now get people to speak, which in my mind is the hardest part, like, you know, finding someone who you can vet, which is a whole nother topic. But right now we can kind of ask anyone um, and people genuinely have been willing to speak, but that is not the case for the same amount of time, right? For a conference or even sometimes for a podcast to ask for an hour of people's time, you genuinely have to compensate in some way. They need to be getting some value. I think right now people aren't sure what the value of Clubhouse is for them personally. So I think that'll kind of make or break it. If people find value in speaking, I think it'll be easy. But if people are realizing, I'm not really getting anything out of this, like I'm not getting anything out of these followers that I'm getting from speaking, I think it'll then become you know, another platform of you need to sort of pay for quality speakers and that'll make it hard to produce. Definitely. Mitch, Mitch Bach of the Trip School, how are you? I'm living the dream, Shane. Listen, I never thought in a, in a million months that I'd be chatting with you on Clubhouse. So, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm ready for anything to happen in the world at this point. Well, I didn't want to come on at first, you know, and I, and I talked about this on an audio journal because I was working on a podcasting course at UC Berkeley. And I, Nikki, you know, you hit the nail on the head. It is a time suck. It's a distraction. It's a shiny object. And I decided early on until I've completed that course that I paid good money for. <laughs> that I wouldn't come on to Clubhouse. And when I finished it, I came on. Mitch, what has your experience been so far of Clubhouse? I think I want to start by just mentioning that, Shane, I, I know you fairly well at this point, And I would say you're a little bit of a curmudgeon when it comes to the new, uh, when it comes to new platforms. I remember talking to you about hosting the happy hour on Zoom and you said, oh, Zoom. And I understand. And actually, 
now I understand even more. I have almost a loathing of Zoom registration of the interface. We ran 160 free events on Zoom last year just with Trip School, just to kind of keep entertaining the troops. And I have to say, it's there's a certain formality to Zoom that I love the absence of here on Clubhouse because I can accomplish some of the same things that I'm attempting to do, which is community building. You know, for me, this is community building on a lawn where people can walk up, you know, for me, it's, it's Central Park. It's a picnic on Central Park instead of you need an invite and you got to knock on the door and you got to come in and sit down. And we all notice when you leave. I like the casualness of it. I like that there isn't truly a terribly fixed start and you can kind of drop in and you can drop out. So I, I think it's kind of the best of both podcasts and the, the sort of oral storytelling that we've all become enamored of and Zoom, which we've all become disgusted with. And there's a certain interesting middle happening here that also allows for kind of the ad hoc creation of interaction that normally wouldn't happen. You know, Nikki and I and Christian, we talked with a guy from St. Petersburg, people who are running extremely large companies of walking tours and uh, just your local guides and local operators. And that kind of mix, you know, we didn't have CEOs and founders of, you know, unicorn startups interacting in our little guide hangouts. There's a certain insight that can be gleaned from everybody to show up in this kind of casual space. So I love it. But then again, I'm the opposite of Nikki. I'm a little puppy dog. Anything new and shiny, I run after. And I immediately love until proven that I shouldn't love it. And I just think it's a chance for us to make of it what we want because the rules haven't been written about what looks good on Campfire in terms of a group size or content or topic. Uh, nobody knows. And that's that's kind of invigorating. You're right. And I'm a bit of a curmudgeon when it comes to Zoom. And there's a couple of reasons for that. The first one is like most of us, I resent the fact that we can't all get together in person. But also many Zoom sessions I've joined, this subject's been too broad. So what's happened is you've you've had a million different conversations in one Zoom session on lots of different topics. And what I want to see on Clubhouse, and I'm starting to see this now as people get used to organizing sessions. In fact, today is a good example of that. We're talking about tips for tour operators on using Clubhouse, as opposed to the state of the travel industry or tourpreneurs get together. And who knows where those, you know, that could end up being a whole hour talking about OTAs. And it could be like, I've got zero interest in OTAs. So I think having the targeted theme topics of a room, personally, I prefer that within the Clubhouse environment. Nikki, can I ask you then, looking at it from the tour guide perspective, how can they use Clubhouse in your experience? How can they get the most out of Clubhouse if they're a tour guide right now? I would say for tour guides, I almost feel like they should be in those rooms of the tech talks and the OTA talks. I think that is a world they don't get a glimpse into. And it might be a bit unintelligible is not the right word, but it might kind of make not a lot of sense because they use a lot of acronyms in those rooms and a lot of speak of people who are in that field. But I think for them to be able to glimpse what these CEOs are talking about, you know, there's such a breakdown between, um, I don't know, the systems that one is using and the data that you can get, you know, from the OTA and they don't want to give up the data to the tour operator. And that trickles all the way down to a guide who doesn't understand why we can't just get the phone number for a guest. That seems so simple. 
but maybe if they can be in those big rooms, they can actually start making those connections. And then I do hope there's more social aspects for them as well. But as much as I don't want to be in those rooms, I think there's a lot of benefit for a guide to be able to be a fly on the wall in these high tech industry spaces. Yeah, I mean, if you think of the session last week, I thought it was great that Johannes Rex, CEO of GetYourGuide.com, gave us two hours. And anyone in that session had the option to raise their hand, hand and ask him a question. And that's not always easy with CEOs of these large companies to get you know, on their radar and to get a question with them. So I thought that was a very good use of the session. About guides as well, in particular with Campfire, because both Nikki and I spend so much time interacting with guides. One thing that happens is that anytime a big group of guides get together, it's both social and learning because you're sharing strategies, you're sharing war stories. It's real boots on the ground experiences that translate into questions like, so what did you do in that case? And that's a hard balance to hit, you know, on my trainings. When I leave them, that happens at the hotel lobby when we're all gathered around drinks at the end of the day. It's similar to, you know, an arrival party at the end of a long day of learning where you're enjoying each other's presence and the camaraderie, but you're also just getting a lot of insight. And this is an environment where it feels like that can happen. Whereas, you know, if I'm attending a very high powered webinar and it's a panel where I really don't feel like it's appropriate that I raise my hand or chime in, it removes the sort of, I guess, class barrier, if I could put it that way, to interacting in this forum. And that might simply just be related to the novelty of it right now, that we have interactions here that we wouldn't on a more sort of codified platform like LinkedIn, for example. Christian, we're talking about some do's here, but I want to talk about some don'ts because you have been in lots of sessions so far. What's annoyed you the most? What has someone done where you think, yeah, that's not good form. I wouldn't do that. Yeah, interrupting on stage. It, it is quite difficult with, I'm surprised no one's interrupting me now, just as I say that to be funny, but there's no, obviously nobody funny up here. Um, yeah, it, it is quite difficult. You do have to sort of steady yourself before you speak and make sure others aren't speaking ahead of you because obviously we can't see each other. The annoying room that I find that it's full of influences, right? And I suppose with anything social at the start, it's the influence that's jump on it. And you go to some of these rooms, there's a thousand people and on stage, there's 20 or 50 moderators and they're just sitting up there to get likes. That's, that's all they're doing. And it's all very staged and people are asking questions and it's kind of fake questions and they're bringing their friends up. That That's the stuff that I've avoided really for me, the whole thing, is, it's a conference. It's its a thousand of us like an arrival or 1,500 of us in the same property. And at any one time, there's people on stage doing a high-level talk about OTAs or whatever. And there's there's a few sessions going on in the side rooms. And there's conversations everywhere. You know, there's two people in the corner talking about API standards and, and a group of five over there at the hotel bar talking about guide training. It, to me, that's what this whole thing is. It's it's everybody in one place and you can join in wherever you want. You can find something that's as applicable to you. You can sit back and listen. You, you can join in. It's got a bit of everything. So, Yeah, and for our listeners, say for instance, we've got some, some listeners here, they want to have a res tech conversation. How do they go about creating that event and creating a room? You click the calendar and you, and you click, plus, I think it's plus, and you create a room. You can either set it up for a future date or you can set it up for now. I was chatting with Alex Grant. I'm not sure if he was here earlier on, on Saturday. We were just having a conversation on here, and I said to him, let's open this up, and we did. And then Matt Newton joined in, and I think um, Alex was there for a bit, and some others just kind of joined in, and we had a little chat for about an hour or so, just like he'd walked past the conference 
the hotel bar, you know, and you see four people sitting at the bar and you just go and have a chat. So you can set up a room now and invite people in, or you can program one for the future and then and then share it with people and invite people. You invite people and also you can ping people. So for those in the group right now, they can ping their friends, correct? Yeah, the little plus button. This is like the admin section. So the little plus button at the bottom, if you plus that, it sends them, you'll see the names and it sends them a little notification to say that I'm in this room and I'd love you to join. And then they can decide if they want to join or not. Nikki, what are some of the things you've seen that have kind of made, made you raise your eyebrows on Clubhouse so far? Christian hit it on the head, sort of those very spammy spaces where people just speak just to get up there and get followers. And I, I almost feel that because of that, my biggest word of advice to anyone who's new to Clubhouse is to keep in mind that everything that is said are people's opinions. You know, we we live in this world of social platforms where people tend to speak in facts. And I found that to be true in Clubhouse. But just because someone is hosting a room or they've been called up to speak, what they're saying is their opinion. And it's not to say that they're not an actual expert, but, you know, I would say do due diligence, going to people's profiles, looking up their experience and just kind of keeping that in mind. Mitch, how about you? What, what's annoyed you so far with this? If you raise your hand, ask a question. Don't pontificate and probably get to the question sooner rather than later. I would say in our little experiment of hosting a room with a larger crowd, we had, what, 70, 80 people there. <laughs> you know, there is a there's a moment where it's really easy to let the room get derailed by the person sharing. There's no easy way, I guess, to interject or obvious way to steer the conversation back and you have to be very sensitive to that. And I don't know a solution to it. It's sort of moderating. It's sort of like moderating anything except to say there is a certain vernacular or an etiquette forming in this app because I've noticed in some rooms people will say, I'm done talking now, for example, almost a CB radio kind of parlance, to, you know, and over and out uh, to, you know, keep from interrupting people. And I'm interested to watch in which these codes develop about what is right and what is wrong in the same way that other platforms all have what we consider the right way and the wrong way to behave on them. You know, it's still the Wild West here. But, you know, we tried to host a room for an hour and... Christian was very kind afterwards because we were like, I can't believe we went 90 minutes. You know, it was hard to keep it to an hour. And Christian said, I haven't seen a room yet that's only lasted an hour. And so crafting an arc to something that is kind of drop in and leave is hard. But if you are there, make your question applicable and short, I would say, because you are coming up onto a stage. Yeah, because you wouldn't do that at a real life event, right? You wouldn't just get up there. Well, I suppose, I don't know. <laughs> You'd like, be surprised. <laughs> I'd like to think not. Christian, so say we're here, we're in the travel industry, we've installed Clubhouse. How do I know where sessions are? How do I find sessions that I'm interested in? Is there a search function? How does that all work? It's not very good right now, to be honest. Another faux pas, Shane, is when you invite people up on stage to acknowledge them. So if you invite somebody like Alan on the stage just to say that, hi, Alan, we see you there and we'll come to you in a second, is just general politeness. The other um, admin thing is when you land on stage, you come with your mic on. So the, the etiquette is to turn your mic off as soon as you sort of land because the background noises. And then if that person doesn't, what you can do is click on them and you can, you can mute them. It is difficult. So every room you go in, everyone says, follow the mods, follow the moderators. 
mod is cool lingo for moderator. Um, it, it actually is important, though, because, and you shouldn't always follow the mods, but if you're looking at someone on the stage and they're in this industry, so if I was looking at you, Shane, I should follow you, because I'm assuming, not that I know everything about you, but I'm assuming you'll be doing travel rooms and tours and activity rooms, and if I follow you, I'm going to see rooms that you're in. So that is really how you curate your experience, by following other people with similar interests. You know, if you want to see stuff on Bitcoin, follow people on Bitcoin. But if you go to these big rooms and you get all these influencers, there's not a lot of benefit in following them. You're going to end up in the same rooms they're in, which is all about them trying to get likes and followers. I'd say the people that you see at conferences and the people that you know and that you know you're aligned with them, follow them, people all around you, and you will end up in the same rooms is what it's all about. Yeah, and I was looking at clubs. So there's like a hospitality club. But a club is, it's not like a Facebook group, right, that we could all just set up. Apparently, is that invite only currently? Yeah, from what I've heard, the clubs aren't happening right now. So there are quite a few set up, but I've seen people apply for them and they've, they've been months trying to get approved. Yeah. So I think that it's just taken, we, we've applied for a couple of tours and activities clubs and we've, we've heard it's not going to happen for a while. So I, th- I think that's the working out what to do about clubs and how all how it's all going to work. Great. We'll get back to this topic shortly. I want to invite Alan Rust up to the stage. How are you, Alan? I am good, Shane. Thank you. Pleasure. What's on your mind? So I just wanted to say that I, I like the comments that it's casual. And I like what Nikki was saying about tour the tour guides. I think this could be a really good way for, let's say, tour operators or tour guides in a city to talk about um, how they could improve. And I'm a multi-city company, and I would think this could be a really good way to get our tour guides together instead of Zoom, where maybe they don't want to be on video, and talk about their success stories and things that they do that they think really works. Things like that. I think that could be a good use. I think that's a absolutely great idea because, again, this allows you to niche down without worrying too much about, oh, I've just scheduled 37 niche registration-required Zoom meetings, which just feels awkward and annoying to maintain. It's a, it's a lot simpler on here. You can at least export the events or connect the events or the links to your Google Calendar or something like that, which makes it pretty simple. You could actually set up a shared Google Calendar with your guides and have these events kind of pop up and you can also ping them in when you need to. And then there's no pressure. Like I don't feel too much pressure. And again, it might be either because of this, the early stage nature of this or the fact that they're going to nurture this kind of feeling that you get on Clubhouse. But Christian mentioned that kind of casual meetup that he and Alex and Matthew Newton and some others had. Well, one of the awkwardnesses is is that if you click through from the push notification, you're joining the room immediately and you don't know the shape of the room. And I thought I was joining an erudite panel of a series of industry professionals and I was basically in their living room. I came in and I didn't want to talk. I just wanted to kind of lay there and listen, but it's hard to show up, sit down on someone's couch and then just start listening to the other five people that are there. And so I left and then, man, I got berated by Christian afterwards for leaving without thanking him. And it was, it was rough. Christian and I, our relationship is still um, in the healing process from that moment. But you know, his name's not Christian, right? His name is Clubhouse now. It's Clubhouse <laughs> Watts. Can you imagine going to somebody's house, knocking on the door, they let you in, you go and sit down on their sofa, 
You don't say a word and you just walk out again. That's, That's what, what it was. Did. I raided your refrigerator and then I took off again. And so But let's have it right. I've done that. I've joined groups. I've listened for ten minutes. I you know, I'm not going to put my hand up and say, oh, thanks, everybody, and, and I leave. Is, are you saying that's not good etiquette, Christian? No, no, joking aside, right. I mean, that, that was a weird group. We didn't have a name on the group. It was just, it started with me and Alex, and I just said, let's open it up and see if people come in or not. It is a weird situation when you've got, it was like five or six of us, and then you do stick out. You know, it's like the conference. If, if there's only five people in the crowd, you, you're quite visible. If there's, a, if there's 100, you sort of sit in the back and nobody sees you, so... That, that was a weird instant, but I, I think people get used to it. There was a few people that popped in that room and just disappeared again because they think, oh, my God, I was just going to sit in the background and listen, but it's six people and it's not appropriate. So I think people get, get used to that. Not everyone's in a place they can talk. Yeah, You know, people might be out on a walk or just have it on in the background or something. So I think that's going to become normal and, and Mitch won't be forever berated for that sort of behavior. Well, I think as well, you know, you mentioned the whole, you know, the conference side of this and almost like being a, a virtual conference. And tomorrow and Wednesday, I set up a clubhouse room for a almost like a post-show conversation after the arrival self-guided forum days, because I thought, is this a good use of clubhouse? Well, we've gone through all those sessions half an hour afterwards, you know, get together on clubhouse. What did we all learn? What did we enjoy? What did we observe? What didn't we enjoy? And have that conversation. Now, I don't know if anyone's going to turn up tomorrow or Wednesday, but I thought this would be a good use of Clubhouse. Do you agree with that, Christian? Or I think it sounds great. It's the conference thing. We've just finished the session. Everyone wanders off to the bar, and you just want to have a casual chit-chat about the session or, or anything else. I think it's the perfect use of this sort of format. So I've even thought about the same thing, and it's for anyone who creates a YouTube video of myself with podcasts is maybe, you know, have that post-show thing where it's like, hey, go listen to that episode. Uh, and on Friday afternoons, we, we can have a discussion about that video or that podcast session. So it's almost like the bonus content of a DVD. Got a quick message from one of our sponsors, and then we'll get right back to today's show. Stay tuned. spend many nights sitting at your desk trying to figure something out in your booking system to make it work better for your business. With Checkfront, you'll always have access to a friendly support team who's quick to reply with a step-by-step -step solution no matter what you need help with. Find out other ways Checkfront can make things easier for you at checkfront.com forward slash tourpreneur. Ralph. Welcome, sir. Hello, hello. Thank you. We just had a quick chat on LinkedIn, and I wanted to invite you onto the stage to share some of your experiences. So I was quite intrigued by what you had to say about Clubhouse. Yeah, I just started a, a room with some fellow travel photographer friends of mine, and uh, we thought we'd try to get the conversation going about that industry, and that's what we do. And I organize and lead uh, photo tours, and so uh, we're you know, slowly but surely developing a small community and learning as we go, making all the mistakes and, you know, just learning how to moderate and use the different uh, bells and whistles in Clubhouse. So it's a bit of a, a learning process indeed. And how useful has it been for you in terms of networking and learning? You know, pretty well. Uh, I find that it, it does uh, create, you know, kind of a time suck so I, I try to be cognizant of how much time I spend on it. But you know, I've been introduced to some new people that I didn't know before in, in my industry. And 
been helpful in that sense. Uh, you know, jury's still out on you know what the long term value is going to be for me and my business. In terms of learning, though, from fellow photographers, do you think having this kind of vertical where you can have travel photographers room, or it could be you know history tour guide room? Do you think that's something that will be useful on Clubhouse? For sure. I mean, it's great when you can really have a targeted group of people that are interested in the same topic. And if, as long as the moderators or the speakers have something interesting to say and valuable, I think there should always be a need for that. So in that sense, it's definitely been valuable to us. Fantastic. Any other tips that you want to share with us all on how you've got the most out of Clubhouse so far? I'm very new to it, just learning and just being on and testing it out and not uh, putting myself out there, I guess, uh, <laughs> like now. So I appreciate you having me up on stage, but uh, it's it's a learning process for me because I'm not the most technical guy, that's for sure. Neither am I. I couldn't find the mute button the other day. And, you know, Christian, <laughs> Christian you know, he, he, he's supposed to be giving us these tips on to make everyone feel welcome. And he just shouted at me for not knowing where the mute button is, you know, so I think that was a faux pas on his part. <laughs> We're just trying to build your character, Shane. <laughs> exactly. We are technology. Thank you, Ralph. I appreciate that, my friend. I, I just want to say I love this idea of these very niche micro communities. And I feel like one way to maybe set the atmosphere of a room could be the titles. And maybe Christian has some more thoughts on this, but I think that's a very underutilized way to kind of say, this is what this kind of room is, whether it's a panel format, whether it's a recording as you've put here, Shane, or whether it really is something casual. Yeah, I think that's that's a really good idea. I love this idea of themed rooms, so you know what learning outcome you're going to get. Big welcome to Daniel. How are you, Daniel? Hey, Shane, how are you? Fantastic. Good to see you here, my friend. Same, same. This is uh, one of my first sessions in, in Clubhouse, actually my first time speaking. So That's why you've got the little, uh, my, my eyesight's terrible. You can tell I'm a soccer referee. What's that little symbol next to Daniel, Christian? Looks like an ice cream or something. Yeah, the little ice cream thing is, is a party hat or a party popper, which means you've been on the platform for less than, I think it's seven days or 10 days. So it just shows you the new people. It's a bit like when you're saying, I keep going back to the conference. It's when you have that conference badge that says, I'm a newbie, so I suppose it's there so that people can be can be gentle on you. Uh, I, I, I don't feel like we need to be gentle with Daniel. We can just throw him right in the mix. Well, I'm looking at your picture here, Kristen, and instead of an ice cream cornet, I'm seeing a chocolate chip sundae. Is that because you've been on 5,000 sessions? Quite possibly. <laughs> Daniel, so how are you finding it so far? You know, I first found about Clubhouse a few weeks ago, thanks to Tourpreneur, the Daily Brief. I was really intrigued by it. I am a, I'm an Android user, so I would have jumped right on it uh, immediately, but I couldn't because I have an Android. Mm. And so right now I'm using actually my wife's phone to join. Because <laughs> on Saturday, when I saw that all of these events were lining up, I was like, I need to jump on it. And so in two days, I've been on like three uh, chats with Christian. So pretty used to hearing Christian now. I'm looking forward to others speaking as well. And um, yeah, I, I actually had a question for, for the people on stage now. And I definitely see a lot of value in creating community, as Nikki was saying, right? And like, you know, getting tour operators together, getting tour guides together. I mean, all of these things are, you know, clearly obvious to me on the value of Clubhouse. But I've been asking myself and, and wondering, is there any possibilities on, you know, promoting, you know, like what are the marketing opportunities you have, right? I mean, are there then creating, you know, a community and 
are there any opportunities to, you know, for tour operators to, to find new clients or to find new business? Can I, can I take a stab at responding to that based on something that I actually started, have started to experience more and more. And I really like it's the silent networking rooms. I don't know if anyone else has come across these, but they're pretty interesting because you don't have to talk. Nobody's talking. In fact, in the title, they say, stop, don't talk. You're all on mute. But what it is, is a chance to kind of see this gathering of people around a shared interest. I have a real interest right now in education technology. And so I was in an ed tech startup room and I made about 30 followers because your your only job is to scroll through profiles and, and click follow. That's a really cheap level of engagement. And I can imagine a world at a certain point of critical mass, which we'll definitely get to probably sooner rather than later, in which... Irish tour operators get together or Irish travel businesses get together and you've got influencers, vendors, operators, agents, all sitting there scrolling through emoji-filled profiles, making connections that are going to be collaborations or, or networking that will yield something. And so I have no idea about monetization and you know all of that, except that I do know they have a very clear roadmap on this platform of monetization of the room's or paying the creators, but just that silent networking gathered around a very casual shared interest of a location or a certain type of interest that you have, I think could be very powerful for our industry because when you go to arrival, when you go to some of those things, that's what we're seeking out. You know, that's already what we're looking for. And this is a, a much easier and more, I guess, uh, low social barrier to achieving. What makes that better than LinkedIn though? I've seen, I've seen those rooms and I've, I've looked at a couple and I, I sort of browse around and it just it seems like a spam, get some more followers thing. What, why is that better than LinkedIn? Because once you follow someone in Clubhouse, it doesn't do anything else for you except it helps gather you in later rooms. Why is that better than connecting with somebody on LinkedIn? Then you can have an actual conversation. That's a great question, Christian LinkedIn Watts. You know, I think part of the answer to that is going to look very different in a month or two months. I mean, it's not going to be a platform without direct messaging forever. There's obviously a roadmap for future edition that will improve the kind of communication chain. But in the meantime, I've already had interactions, which, I mean, it's awkward. I'm not I'm not going to be the defender of this method of doing it, but somebody followed me and then I saw that they followed me on Instagram. And then I got a direct message on Instagram from them about something. And for me, it's just simply the difference of what happens when you walk into a fancy old hotel or a brand new hotel. When you walk into a brand new hotel, you feel a little bit more like you can do whatever you want. When I walk into the plaza in New York City, suddenly I try to grow two inches taller and look fancier. You know, LinkedIn has an entire code. I receive 20 networking requests a day and I don't respond to a lot of them because it just feels spammy. And to me, this is gathering people around that very casual shared topic or very niche shared topic in a way that I am not achieving on LinkedIn. So I agree, Christian. I'm not disagreeing with you. It's just this is a new form of gathering that I think does have some power to the fact that it is new. Nikki, have you seen anyone using Clubhouse for effective marketing in the sessions you've been in? I was actually just thinking about some of the marketing rooms I've been in specifically, and obviously they would be at the forefront of, you know, getting you down their, uh, their marketing funnel. I know there's such a fine line between scammy and not, but I've found a lot of people have actually made very specific call to actions to get you into their DMs. So for example, I was in a, a marketing room, not a traveling room, 
and they were, I forget what it is. I joined in late, but they were kind of saying, okay, well, if you send it to me and just send me a DM and say, send me PDF, please. You know, it was a very specific ask. And then we will send you this information. So they almost had the free PDF, right? It was almost like a lead generation, but through Clubhouse. And I thought that was very interesting. It kind of ties back to what Daniel was asking. I think there isn't a clear roadmap to getting clients, but that being said, to Mitch's point, I think you could be really creative at this point. Like, I wonder if a tour operator did show up in one of these traveler travel rooms, if there wasn't a way for them to, in a non-spammy way, or even just having in their profile, you know, hey, message me, DM me on Twitter or on Instagram, and I'll send you back whatever, my five favorite local shops in this city where I operate tours. I think there's a lot of room for creativity there to experiment there's a lot of room for innovation just on a tech level as well in the interim before there's direct messaging, you know, they're similar to, they're similar to Instagram where you, you don't have hyperlinked text in there. And so if, you know, I could see a link tree popping up in this environment that allows for people to make those kinds of direct interactions and call to actions uh, from that bio page that can yield something that you want out of the interaction. Yeah. I think there's opportunity right now. I think, from what you do, Daniel, an idea could be, and this is totally not spammy, is you have tour op Q&A where you come on once a month and you promote that amongst your your subscribers and on others' groups. And if I have a question about tour op, I can come on and, you know, that's the group for it. That's the session for it. And I can ask a question to, to, to you directly in a similar way that people were able to ask Johannes Rett questions last week. Right. I mean, I, you know, I, I can definitely see a lot of opportunities for us on Clubhouse and I appreciate that. I'm going to start doing that now that you've already promoted it. <laughs> but um, I also appreciate uh, Mitch's and Nikki's answers. Yeah. One of the things I was thinking uh, potentially in how, you know, tour operators can use Clubhouse to promote their services and whatnot is, you know, I can imagine a tour operator being, you know, in Iceland, right? And just like having a regular session on like Iceland traveling, right? And, you know, I'm, I imagine there are gonna, there's going to be people like hopping in, Right. And so it's kind of like, you know, what Chris Torres always talks about is like creating a community also around, it's not going to transform immediately into a booking, right? But if someone, you know, jumps into this room that's talking about like, you know, traveling to Iceland, I can imagine you can get, you know, a few leads every time, right? And so I imagine, you know, tour operators can get onto this because, you know, the first person who punches, right, uh, punches the hardest. That's one way I was thinking about this. And, you know, aside from what Mitch and Nikki also said. I, I agree with you, Daniel. I think also for tour guides. So let's use your Iceland example. If I'm a tour guide in Reykjavik and I host a Q&A and people are coming on saying, oh, you know, where do I go to get Viking history or where's the best food? And that tour guide is giving out that information without necessarily selling their own company. Chances are when I come to Reykjavik, I'm going to want to connect with that tour guide because they seem to know what's happening in the city. Thank you for asking that, Daniel. I want to move on. We've got two speakers here on the stage. So first up, we've got John Coupland. How are you, John? Good evening, everyone. I'm well, thanks, and I uh, hope you all are too. Mate, first of all, I have to say, I'm really impressed that you fixed the connection on your phone because the last time I heard you speak... Yeah, I know. I thought the Daleks got were Got there here. in the end. <laughs> got there in the end. Well, lessons learned. Lessons learned is I think I was using an external um, Bluetooth speaker at the time. It was interfering with it. So right. Don't use one of those when you're in Clubhouse. Top tip right there. There we go from a user angle. So 
As you can see from the old party popper, whatever you call it, the cone or whatever you want to make out of it, I'm fairly new or very new to Clubhouse. But I have been really active. And thanks to Mitch for inviting me the other day. I think it's less than a week ago. So I appreciate that, Mitch. And I want to thank you all for, you know, what you've contributed to Clubhouse so far. And also, Shane, of course, the great work you do in obviously your entrepreneur Facebook group and podcasts, okay? Christian, you've hosted some great ones and I really do appreciate. In terms of my findings so far, in no particular order, the jury's still out for me on Clubhouse. I've learned very quickly to really focus on who I follow. So I... I'm an independent tour guide running John England Tours. I also run a B2B consultancy and also a business network, all right? So people were finding me outside of the travel business. And you know what? I was following them back. Then I was being pinged like mad for events, and I just couldn't handle it. So I feel really bad about this, but I've unfollowed a whole set of people outside, you'd be pleased to know, the travel sector. So I'm using Clubhouse just for travel and tours, Okay. And suddenly, you know, there's a lot more focus in terms of, you know, people pinging me, inviting me to events, etc. So my shared learning there is try to be focused in whatever way you want it to be, of course. Everybody's got different objectives. I do like the accessibility. So, Shane, you do a great job on the podcasts. But of course, as a listener on Clubhouse on a similar, you know, vein, let's say, if, you know, perhaps you were hosting something like this in the future, we have the opportunity to then interact with you and the speakers. That's an obvious one, but I think it's an important one as well. I also just very briefly wanted to jump on the question that was asked about um I think it was in the back of um, Mitch. I think you shared that you like the silent groups. Yeah, I tried one of those. I thought it was weird at first. But then after a couple of minutes, I'm thinking, oh, I get it now. Nobody speaks. That's why it's called silent. <laughs> so I connected with a couple of people, but again, just the travel sector. So that was an interesting one. In terms of versus LinkedIn, let me share you the following. So outside of the travel sector, the business network I run, I'm not doing a sales thing here at all, is a regional network anyway, and it's a B2B. Now we, I mean, it's me who founded the LinkedIn group 12 years ago. I built it very focused to 4,000 members. And I can tell you, LinkedIn groups are dead. Even if you manage it really well, okay, we don't do spam. We ask people to create value. And it's a very small percentage in our 4,000 nearly member group that actually interacts on LinkedIn. So my shared learning on there is as follows, to try and sort of piggyback on the answer to that. People have consciously opted in very recently, okay, into what's called Clubhouse. They consciously have done that and they've done it recently, which means that they are active, and it's a great time, whether it's a silent group or not, to interact and connect with people because it's a new toy for them. So people have really opted in, so they're very current. And I think there's more scope to connect with the right people who are active on this platform. For me, two more things. Yes, I've come across the groups, okay, that, you know, the Bitcoin-y type groups, I'm thinking, no, can do. There are also a couple of travel-related sort of groups that could have been moderated a little bit better, but that's just me. I hope Clubhouse does do a feedback survey thing at the end of each session. I think that would be really good for everybody and to keep moderators on their toes. And the other thing also is that when we do get busy again in the travel sector, 
I do question how many people will then be using Clubhouse and how often. So my name's John Kirkland, John in the England source, and I'm done. Thank you, John. I really appreciate that, sir. Janice Souza, welcome. Hi, thank you for having me. Absolute pleasure. You know, it's interesting. I've, I've been reticent to join Clubhouse just to minimize distractions, quite frankly. One of the applications I think I'd be curious, especially Mitch and Nikki to, to speak to is, I'll call it recruitment. So my thinking is this, if a guide can host a room or is hosting a room on Clubhouse, well, whatever measure of well that looks like, it could be an interesting proxy for an in-person interview for operators. So that's the one thing. And then the other thing is I've also been testing Twitter spaces. And the interesting thing about spaces is you can have transcriptions and Twitter is just a, a known entity. You already have brands, reputation, followers, et cetera, on Twitter. So I'm curious what, if anything, folks think about that, knowing that I'm fully new to Clubhouse, as you can tell by my little explosion there. Thank you. It's quite interesting to think of a group interview, isn't it, on this forum? Yeah, I think that's really interesting. And that kind of goes back to what Alan was saying too about almost using it for your guides to come in. Let's say, I know, refreshers, especially right now, refreshers of New York City or refreshers of DC. A lot of guide associations are doing sessions like that anyway. But how interesting to almost combine those. So first you just get a group of guides in a room who are sharing information, stories, tips on very specific things to a city like New York City, you know, how to deal with the ferries at Statue of Liberty, for example. And then for a tour operator or a marketplace to sit and listen in those spaces, that almost becomes like a very unofficial, non-intimidating interview because you could just see the guide sort of amongst their peers, not trying to put on any airs for an interview. And I don't know, and their natural habit isn't the right way to say it because their natural habits with customers. But I think that could be a really interesting um, way to peek into guides. So maybe those kinds of rooms would actually have multiple value. But I think it, it still comes down to those rooms being controlled and moderated in some way. I personally can't not overproduce something, but I just think that this goes for tour guiding as well, right? I think for it to be perfectly casual, um, it does need to be planned out and moderated in a certain degree. Mitch probably has some opinions on that as well. <laughs> Hi, Janice. Uh, great to see you. And honestly, I think the question about recruitment is really interesting because tour guide recruitment in particular is really awkward. It's done on everything from LinkedIn to Craigslist and none of them are kind of right for what you're trying to glean, which is on a certain level, fluency and eloquence of, you know, communicative style. And I've already observed Zoom recruitments that don't shine the guide in the right light because they're they're the way we all are on Zoom. I'm over Zoom and so I just don't care anymore. But when I was caring about how I looked and presented myself, there was that barrier of even simply what do I stare into to come off as natural? And I don't think anyone's really solved that because I don't really enjoy uh, the interactivity on Zoom, but that kind of face-to-face. -face. It's not face-to-face. -face. It's it's face-to-camera. Whereas here, what do you have going? You've got a room where 
you can be dressed however you want. It just comes down to whether or not you can be succinct, eloquent, clear, concise, all of the kinds of things we want out of a guide's communication. You can be yourself because you're not worried about how you look and in the same way. And so I think that style of soft recruiting, allowing a personality to really shine. And then that second level of in a sort of controlled way, watching how they interact with a small group of other participants, I think that's really powerful. So I think that side of it for something like a guide where we're not interviewing them for a corporate job, we're interviewing them to see if we enjoy hearing from them could be an extraordinary medium. So that's a great idea. I was thinking last week, Mitch, when people were asking Johannes Reck questions, and we all know how nerve-wracking it is if you're at an event, ITB, WTM arrival, to put your hand up in a very busy conference hall and ask a CEO or, or an exec a question and how much easier it is via Clubhouse than it is in person. Exactly. And every good interviewer attempts to put the interviewee at ease. And I just think the barrier to achieving that is pretty easy right now. And so it is an opportunity. It is. Well, I'm going to make sure we wrap this up in the hour because apparently sessions don't do that and we definitely will here today. I've invited Torin up to the stage, uh, Torin of Flying Bike in Asheville. Torin, I'm really interested in your perspective of somebody who's joined Clubhouse. You operate an e-bike tour uh, down in Asheville. What are you getting out of Clubhouse so far? Yeah, thanks for inviting me and not too much yet. I mean, this is the second time that I've tuned into something that was valuable. And the last one was a lot of people from this group. I've gotten way more notifications than I ever want to get on my phone. And they're pretty distracting. And a lot of times, I don't know if it's because I still have an older iPhone, but I can see who's joining something, but I can't see what the topic is. So I joined one that was someone I followed from the last tour operator meetup or whatever you call it. And you know, I just clicked on it to see what that person was. And then it was like a singles meetup thing. And, you know, my wife is sitting next to me and I'm like, <laughs> hey, that wasn't what I was hoping it would be. Yeah, I'm not finding it super useful yet, but this is encouraging. And I did enjoy the last one that I tuned into. And I was excited because, Nikki, at that call, you were actually like writing down a list of, of topics that you got excited about. And I'm sure that like myself, all of you are are super busy and, and only have so much bandwidth to create those topics. But I look forward to hearing what other tour operators and tour guides and other people in the industry are doing and thinking about and definitely have any number of topics that, that I would love to, to discuss. And I think that when it will be most useful is when it gets a lot more granular in terms of the detail of the things we're talking about. I would love to talk to other bike and e-bike tour operators for me that would you know that would be super helpful to figure out how they're navigating 2021 and just kind of going from there that's why i thought of you actually because i know when we interviewed you on the podcast last that we talked about you setting up a facebook group you know i see that uh greg's got one for water sports and, and there's group tour professionals and, and i like the idea of verticals within the sector so a bike tour facebook group and i wondered if you would at some point once you've got used to Clubhouse feel that having, you know, maybe a monthly get together with bike tourpreneurs via Clubhouse would be useful. And then even today, you know, when I looked at the Facebook group, there was a discussion about tips and 
should you declare tips to the taxman, etc. And, and like you say, they're very granular. I mean, it's a pretty boring topic, but it's an important one. Is that something you can say, right, I'm going to open up a, a room on Clubhouse and try and find out from my peers how they are dealing with this? I think there's a possibility that it could become a really fluid, easy way to have that kind of conversation. If if there's a way to like gather people more casually than having a Zoom call, but if you could draw enough people into a conversation and just say, hey, let's let's get together and talk about what we're doing, yeah, for tips or for whatever the topic might be, selling e-bikes is one that's on my mind right now and, and that sort of thing. Marvelous. Everyone on the stage, anyone got any final comments, thoughts, observations before we wrap up? I feel encouraged. I feel like maybe I'll give Clubhouse a bigger chance. And I think my biggest message would be, again, to take everything as an opinion, as it is, as you're listening. And also, I would like to see all of us who are creating rooms make a, a bigger effort to, to make them as diverse as our travel industry is. How do we go about doing that, though, Nikki? <laughs> um, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> the quick version. Uh, number one, I think if you are personally setting up a room, look at the people you want to invite. If they are all of the same demographic, stop. Think of someone else. If you can't think of anyone outside that demographic, ask those original people if they know anyone outside. The travel industry is diverse. It is not a matter of they're not out there. It is diverse. We just need to do the work to set it up at the beginning, as opposed to just hoping people will join in and then make our group more diverse. Fantastic. Mitch, 15 seconds. I would say to add to that, take a risk. I mean, what do you have to lose in a shape in a format like this? Nikki and I and Christian, we set out to be the non-tech group. There's a lot of tech groups because obviously early adopters are tech founders and everything else. And, you know, we're going to see where it goes. Second thing is, and I'll leave with this, go up to your bio, go to the settings gear and turn your notifications to infrequent and turn off the trendy notifications and you won't receive that insane barrage of pointless notifications uh, on your phone. Then you can choose to be more intentional about the platform. Christian, last 15 seconds over to you. Yeah, I think like anything, you get out of it what you want. It's like a conference. If you want to delve deep and, and find and put your hand up and connect with people, I've met these amazing people in SaaS, which has nothing to do with travel, but people I would never, ever get to talk to before. So I think go and have an explore, put your hand up, start chatting with people. And it's just an amazing place to find your, um, your tribe, whether that's travel or anything else. It's just an amazing access. Thank you for everyone who's turned up today for this session. The cool thing about this from a podcaster's viewpoint is I can see everyone who's, who's in the room. And uh, fortunately, we didn't have many people leave during it. Whereas when you record a podcast, you're never sure if people are listening to the first five minutes and then <laughs> switch off and go elsewhere. So that's both cool, but also a bit scary. If you were all to leave the room as we were doing it, that would be a blow to confidence. So uh, definitely a very different experience hosting a clubhouse. But uh, Oh, and well, there's one last thing from Christian. Christian always says at the end of this that he leaves the room up for a minute so you can click everyone's profiles and uh, should you have joint interest, which I imagine we will, to, to follow them. Is that correct, Christian? Pretty much. You're learning from the master here. Thanks to all of you who've joined us today. I really enjoyed your observations and insights and I'm sure I will see you on future Clubhouse sessions. Thank you, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Torpreneur podcast. Be sure to visit torpreneur.com to join the conversation and access the show notes, including links to the resources mentioned on today's episode. This is Torpreneur.